Listening to Concrete Pastures. I am Nancy Mlemwasisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a platform to reach out to my fellow immigrants and dreamers. The goal is to provide a space for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We unlock the laughs the joys, and the bravery that being of an immigrant. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And to all new listeners, welcome to the family. Family, as you listen, don't forget to click the subscribe button. And don't forget to give the show a rating. Five star, please. It takes a lot to put a show together. It takes a lot to have the guests come on. They are pouring into our community. Please give them a five star. Give us a five star. If you'd like to be part of the show, feel free to reach out to me at concretepastures.com. Again, don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel now. We're starting to post, to slowly post the videos. This way you can put the face to the names and the voices that you're hearing on the podcast. I have some good news to share. A week or so ago, before I even say that, every time I feel some type of way about the show, I'm preparing for next season already. And I talk to God through this process. Every time I feel some type of way, God validates me somehow. You never know why you actually send me a text message, send, leave me a voice memo sometimes. But God shows me all the time some type of validation as to why I have to keep going or moving forward. Having said that, so two weeks or so ago, Concrete Pastures was on the list of the top 10 podcasts in Zambia. Shocking. Shocking. Your girl was shocked. I didn't know this was happening, but I was just humbled to actually be considered. There's so many great uh, content creators back home. I didn't know there were so many podcasters, first of all. I only know of two, but now we are 70 and counting. So please check out, actually, we do have a group of all Zambian podcasters. It's called Pad Hub. We are all over social media. So please, while you, you are following Concrete Pastures on social media, Hub is also uh, Pad. Hub is there. I'll put everything in the show notes as well. You could just click directly and you'll be able to see all other podcasts that are there. However, I am super, super grateful to all the support I've been able to receive from all the communities that I'm involved in. So thank you so, so much to everybody and for considering Concrete Pastures. It, it's a lot. I'm humbled. Thank you to FMG Radio, as always, for continuing to support independent podcasters like myself. 
and uh, let's continue to support them as well, guys. They're giving us visibility. They're sharing their space for us to be able to be seen. So let's continue to support as well. On today's guest, oh, this has been exciting. I've been looking forward to having this conversation with our next guest. One of the things I know for sure is that COVID has told me that life is not guaranteed for any of us. Today you're here, tomorrow you're gone. A lot of us are scared to talk about, oh, it's like a taboo to talk about death. Let's be honest. Our culture teaches us if you talk about something, you're calling it upon yourself. Why are you talking about death? You know, why are you calling death on yourself? But well, it's part of life. And today we're talking about the importance of preparing and having the necessary, I guess, backing in case something happens. So our next guest, he's very passionate and he's been an advocate for us in the diaspora to be able to be prepared for anything happening. His name is Dr. Elliot Musanje. He was born in Choma District, the southern part of Zambia, in Macha Mission Hospital. He received his education in Zambia, Algeria, and the USA. He works as a pharmacokinetic research scientist at Johnson Johnson. Dr. Msanje is a proud father of two, and he has three amazing grandkids. And for aside from that, he's an amazing husband. Please welcome Dr. Msanje. Welcome, Dr. Msanje. How are you? Thank you, Nancy Mulema. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, I answer to both names. My first name is Mulemwa, and Nancy oh. is my middle name. So that's why I say oh. both names when I'm oh, okay. saying yes. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing okay, doing my, the job I do all the time, running around, uh, taking care of my grandchildren. Nice, nice. I'm so honored that you were able to join me today. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I know that a few people are going to be jumping on. This will be the first for this podcast. As you know, this platform is Immigrants and Dreamers. We want to know a little bit of how he came to the U.S. He's joining us from Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Right, Pierre? Yes, that's nice. correct. And we want to know a little bit how you got to PA, how you got to where you are today. He's You are from my homeland country, Zambia. So share with us a little bit of how you got, you came to the U.S. Yes, like everyone who has come to America, uh, we all come here to seek a better life uh, or what they call greener, greener pastures. Yes. For me... I actually, my story is long. You may get tired of hearing it. Oh, we'll make make it short. We'll make it short. (laughs) I started thinking of coming to America when I was in Form 4. That was grade 11 those days. I wanted to come and visit America, but it was difficult to do that. I first went to the University of Zambia, where I only spent one year there. Then I went into Europe. 
for seven years for training. And I came back in Zambia and worked for five years. And then I I came to America to visit. And then I, I was given a scholarship by one professor. May he so rest in peace, Dr. Joshi. He was an Indian professor. Mm. Gave me a scholarship. And that is how I ended up coming to America. And he started, started uh, changed my career into pharmaceuticals and the environmental sciences. Very nice. How long have you been in the U.S. now? Well, <laughs> most people don't want to hear that. I've been in the U.S. for 29 years, and I've seen uh, a lot of things. That is why I think uh, I'm a very humble person. I see uh, situations. I've seen a lot for immigrants uh, here trying to survive. I completely understand. Coming from Zambia to the U.S., it's always... We have that adjusting period. How was that adjusting for you? I know you came here for school, but how was it adjusting to the U.S.? The adjusting was, uh, it was very tough. Uh, first of all, when I arrived in, uh, I arrived in September, but uh, in February, I brought my family. And uh, my son now, who is now 28 years old, was uh, two months old. Uh, so it was very difficult. In fact, I had to drop one course just to take care of uh, my, my family, to even the, paying the bills. Although I had a scholarship, it was tough to pay the bills. I remember one time, I'm kind of a little bit a very open person about my life. One time I was not able to pay the rent and I had to borrow money from the church and they, I had to pay it back. Yeah, mm. so that is uh, those are the struggles of an immigrant. Sometimes you have to uh, most most times we are not allowed to work, but you have to survive. So sometimes you have to do some underground things for you to survive. Okay. But we made it. I I graduated with my PhD in 1999, and then life changed a lot after that. Ah. Very nice, very nice. I mean, um, it, it's a lot of challenges that come with being in a foreign country. Passing through those struggles, I guess, it, it's sweet when you get to achieve what you came here for. So that's really good. Yes. Which school did you go to when you came here? I was under the University of Maryland system. They have so many campuses. But I was stationed at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. That is near near Salisbury in a a small place called Princess Anne. That is where I studied. Could you explain to us what exactly you do? I'm a pharmacokinetic research scientist. That is my job job title. Uh, Right now with uh, Johnson & Johnson. But uh, before that, uh, I was I worked for another big pharmaceutical company, Eli Lilly. Basically, in this short, we make, make medicines. Uh, when you, they study, what I do is uh, what happens to a pill when when you uh, when when I, I I give you a pill when you take the pill, what is what happens from the time you Ingested? swallow it? Yeah. Yes, and uh, we follow that process uh, to the time you, you excrete, excrete it. You know, there's a lot of that that happens that makes you either feel better or not feel good. 
Wow. No, that's impressive. How long have you been in the field? I've been in the field for how many years? Anyway, I'm, I'm about to retire in 2025. The company has just written me that I will retire. But I'm, uh, I'm inactive because of some other situation. I see, I see. Our topic today is something that you're really passionate about and you've been wonderful in the community reinforcing what we're about to talk about. If there's anything that COVID has taught us, especially for me, is that life is not guaranteed for any of us. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. I wanted to talk about the importance of preparation for what could happen tomorrow. I'm saying this to say if something happens, being a foreigner in a different country, it's very difficult if something happens, let's say you die tomorrow. We are, it's like a taboo for us to talk about death and to, to actually prepare for it. But it's something that's important in our community because a lot of us, exception of me, want to be buried back home. And that process takes so long and it takes a lot of money to say the least. And for a lot of us, we are not prepared. And unfortunately for a lot of people that have passed on, they were not prepared and it brings a lot of um, challenges for all of us to even support. So having said that, I just want to hear from your perspective of why is life insurance important for us as foreigners? Yeah, before I talk about why life insurance is important, I want you to, and the audience, to understand why I'm so passionate about life insurance. Before, uh, a few months before I came to America to actually come and settle and go, go to school, I lost my young brother, Kembia Munzanje, in London. And he died over there without life insurance. I tell you, that became some kind of a hell for my family. But we thank God that we were able to get his body for burial in uh, our homeland. He was buried in Macha, where I, which is my home area, outside Choma. Now, when I was coming here, immediately my dad told me that, no, when you, you go there now, you must make sure that you have life insurance. And on, as soon as I arrived, arrived, that was the first thing I did. I bought life insurance. Mm. Uh, because as you say, the life is not guaranteed for us any day. You know, you you may be even in health and uh, get into a, a, a car accident and you are, you are dead. Uh, but your death will require a lot of, um, it will bring stress on your family if you are not prepared. So the importance of life insurance is that, yes, it will not stop you from dying, but at least it will save your family from the stress. There are many stresses. One, if you really don't have any support, you can end up being cremated here in, uh, in America. Yes, so for some people, cremation is a choice. But that is not my choice. But the other thing is that if you have loved loved ones, like a spouse or family members, 
they are going to lose part of your income that you have been bringing to your to, to the table so they may even be evicted from uh, their apartment mm-hmm. or if they are they are not able to pay the mortgage they'll end up in a shanty compound somewhere here in Philadelphia you don't want that you want everything to be put uh, through that life insurance that the, the family members will have income even after you 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 have you have died so those are some of the reasons that uh, we need the is the love that you have for your family death is part of life and uh, we should not be looking at death as, as as something taboo if you are born one day the only way to get out of this world is uh, death unfortunately it comes with the uh, uh, costs and uh, i have seen a lot of it since uh, i've been here in america for many years and we will talk about uh, i hope we will talk about how we have handled our own situations with uh, the life insurance there's different ones that we have out there like for me and so many others i did ask some of the amazing listeners for concrete pastures uh, some questions that i was going to be sitting down with you and going over this topic and they did also give some questions same as what i had also which is a lot of us have insurance through our employment yes what are the disadvantages and advantages of having a group um, life insurance and also why would we need to get an extra one if any because for some of us the life insurance is based on your income so based on your income could be 10 times that or do you need extra uh no life insurance is uh, is enough okay. so and we start from uh, uh you just mentioned that uh, a lot of people have life insurance uh, on the job mm-hmm. yes but you you should know that uh, the life insurance we have at uh, at the job it goes with your job so if you lose your job you have lost your life insurance suppose you die the following day after you have lost your your job you know then uh, there will be nothing there for your family and to even to take care of your remains yeah we have now we have this uh, new situation where a lot of people use this uh, uh, GoFundMe. Yes, the GoFundMe. But, uh, you know, we are, as a community, we are losing a lot of money. We don't realize it because each time it, it happens, we gather money together as a community and try to help the family that uh, the way we can uh, help the family. But I have seen some times when we have felt or it has taken too long mm. in order for us to take care of the remains of uh, a family member have was uh, who has died but there there have been many circumstances when we have been very successful and that is why it is very important to belong to your community a community your community you know like there there's uh, this group called the OZA is the organization of Zambians abroad you know they yeah. do a very good uh, job and uh, one time we we had a, a lady who died in uh, Chicago yeah 
and because of the trust uh, the community has in me, uh, they sent all the money. They, they made people pay through uh, my account, and we raised $10,000. I think it was $10,000. And we ended up sending the body to Zambia. So these are some of the things that we can do. We, we need to be compassionate. Some people cannot get life insurance. We are not at the, at the same level. Different people have uh, different issues. I, I know that you, yes, we are immigrants. Uh, unfortunately, uh, death does not discriminate whether you have papers or not. Yeah. I hope you understand yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, those people yeah, who are who are undocumented, you know, they, there are some life insurances still available for them, and my job is to. Uh, my wish is for them to have that life insurance. I see. Um, is there any age limit? Because we have a lot of young people coming from all over the world. Zambia, to be specific, maybe, we will say. Like, if they are 20s, they are st- just starting their life. Is there an age limit or is it? 22 young for somebody to sign up for life insurance because they don't have uh, responsibilities they don't have anything that they're responsible because you, you you spoke about having a family like if you leave uh something happens to you the income that you were providing to your family is no longer going to be there but when you like when you have life insurance it's there so for a 20 year old starting their life they want more money on their paycheck let's say and now we're talking about life insurance. Is there an age limit? There is no le- age limit. Uh, death can come anytime. Uh, in fact, as you are talking now, I just have a, a visitor in my house. Uh, from uh, He's a young, young, young man, 20, 22 years old, hmm. from uh, some university in Washington State. And immediately he came here and asked him uh, if he has life insurance. Then I contacted the... Um, the president of his uh, the Zambian organization in his state, and we talked that he is going to get life insurance. So there is no age limit for life insurance. It can a life death can happen anytime. I see. So there's um <clears throat> when we have life insurance, there's also a time when you are sick, you're not able to provide for your family. If you are, let's say, like me, the breadwinner, do we have any options when we have this insurance where we can draw from it as income in some way for us to be taken care of? Because sometimes we get terminal illnesses sometimes, unfortunately. Someone gets cancer, somebody gets, you know, challenging diseases that might cause you, even short-term, long-term, might cause you to stay home, you know, to take care of yourself. But do we have those options in our insurance? If we sign up, do we have the option of drawing from it? Uh, I'm not uh, sure about that, but uh, I'll refer you to uh, Mr. Sumiti uh, in California or Trevor Kakungu, who actually... For me, I'm just an advocate of life insurance. I actually yes. don't sell life insurance, per se. Got it. Um, so for for the ones that you know already, um, how can we 
how do we know who to trust and uh, what are the prices if you know on top of your head like uh, if I want let's say a quarter of a million dollars to cover me $250,000 to cover me how much would that what does that look like like is that $15 per month $20 because people are afraid to have not even afraid they feel or think it's not important because well, feeding their kids today is more important than having that life insurance. Yeah. Uh, what I can say about that is that uh, life insurance depends on your age and the, the amount that you want to be covered. If you want to be covered for only $10,000, Mm. Obviously, your premium is not going to be the same as the one who, is, who wants to get $20,000 at the mm. time of death or even more. Got it. So it depends on uh, those uh, two issues. But uh, So we cannot actually paint that this is the amount, but there's no uh, payment which is... Um, I mean, there's no payment which is too high for you not to afford life insurance. We should all be able to to have life insurance. Like I said, uh, it is um, like having no life insurance is actually uh, eating into our pockets because we keep on paying these uh, GoFundMe's and how many GoFundMe's can you pay? Mm. Yeah, and talking about uh, life insurance, just today I paid one of my life insurances not the, the one which is not from the job. I have a separate one. Yeah. And I paid for a number of people there, uh, my wife, and some people in, in Zambia, because this life insurance that we have uh, as a group in Philadelphia, you can uh, have some people, put some people in who are in Zambia on your policy that awesome. if something happens, if something happens, because you are the principal and the one you are paying the money, the They'll send you money. So you can use that money to go and buy a ticket to go home if your mother-in-law dies. Like, 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 like for example, in my case, you know. And you can also take care of this. Use the same money to take care of the family funeral in Zambia. That's really good. I didn't know we had that. Yeah, we a lot it. of people are going to be excited about that. I, I like that. That's really good that you can add people from back home on the insurance. Here. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's and, really. And nice. the, this, this same organization, OZA, you you can register with, through OZA. But obviously, you cannot register into the Philadelphia group. But OZA is national. Anybody who wants to be registered, you just uh, meet the requirements, and then you you get registered. Is this only open to Zambians or everybody else in Africa? And finally, uh, for the one that we are dealing with, is only open to Zambians. But I'm sure it's in other countries, like uh, maybe Zimbabwe. Yes. I see. No, because we've been listening to all over the world. And if there's anybody, you know, in Africa that's interested, aside from Zambians in the diaspora, just uh, asking that question for them. Very yeah. And, and, uh, and for, for here... We have these issues of uh, immigration. If you don't have social security, some people cannot get life insurance. Yes. But like I said, again, whether you have uh, social security or not, you can die. 
you yeah. know so what happens uh, during that uh, that time you, know, you end up using a GoFundMe or being incremented uh, which I don't I personally don't like but also doctor when we even when we do the GoFundMe here we send the body to Zambia for me talking to one of my friends back home there's also expenses back home of where the plot where the body is going to be buried Yes. How are we dealing with that part? Because that's also expensive. Depending on where you go, I, I hear there's the fancy area and there's also, you know, not so fancy. But how are we dealing with that part of um, the barrier? Yeah. yeah, I think that is a personal responsibility. That's why we must have savings. You know, as much as we can, as much we enjoy ourselves, we drink some alcohol, do this and that, you know, go to movies. We have some, we should have some savings because, uh, so that, uh, you know, we take care of our families. Yeah. So I, I guess we would advise people to buy plots in advance. Just the same way you would buy life insurance right now. You, you can buy your plot for in case or a family plot in case something happens. Yes, yes. And some people have family plots like uh, myself, if I was going to be buried in Zambia, but now mm-hmm. I'm not I, I'm not going to be buried in Zambia, I'll be buried here because I have oh. grandchildren here. You like me? Uh, if I, I I wanted to be buried in Zambia, we have a family plot. You know, you we have a number of all my, my father my mother and my brother who died in London, they are all buried in uh, uh, that place. So we are not short of that. We have uh, some arrangements. It's just not good to stay without planning. No, for sure, for sure. Just a quick question on the life insurance that you signed on. To, uh, today or a few days ago, just give us an example of how much that would that costs to add someone that's back home. You don't have to say the exact amount; people can research it. But at least you could share with us a little bit. Uh, I say around around the thirty dollars per month. Thirty dollars per month. Okay, that's lunch I, money for I some people. I can afford that. Yes, that's lunch money for some people, and, and a lot of you people pay a lot more for your shoes. Than $30. For, for the person that I'm talking about is is very high. That thirty dollars is very high because uh, she's an old lady, mm. you know. But uh, even the children they they, they pay uh, like five dollars, you know. But uh, in the mid middle line, you know, people pay even the fifteen dollars. But it's something that is uh, affordable. No, definitely. Yeah. That's $30 when, when I'm talking, I'm not talking about my my job, life yeah. insurance. No, this is, that is That is different. Yes. No, of course. Yeah. Um, another question. Any health issues uh, in terms of if someone is interested in signing up for life insurance, let's say with OZA, do they check? Do they need to check the person's health, especially if they're home? Or uh, even in the U.S. or in the diaspora? I'm happy you asked that question because that question comes in uh, all the time. For the life insurance that I'm talking about, 
there is a two-year waiting period before the insurance can pay. You know, if you sign today and you die tomorrow, mm. they will not pay anything. So the reason is because, and I, this is the reason I give is that because it comes without uh, conditions. All you need is to be a Zambian. So you may be sick, and then you sign up, and then you, you die the following day. The, the company has to pay you. So they, they they have this rule that they will not pay until you have been uh, uh, insured for two years. There are some other conditions there that maybe they will give you the money that you have paid if something happens to you before before that two years. Yeah. So uh, what, what was the question again? I was... No, the conditions, the health conditions. So uh, you've answered it. You've answered it. Yes, wait they, two they, they, years. They, they don't. There's no. There's no he- healthy condition uh, required. Actually, that was that's why I was answering uh, no, the other right. way. No, yes. that's that, that's really good. But let's say somebody passes away. In that two, we have to wait two years to get whatever policy that you had signed up for. But yes. what do we do in the meantime? I guess we go back to FundMe. Yes, yes. That if GoFundMe is a pain, uh, is we are losing a lot of money, but we we have to be compassionate. We have to do it. We we don't, uh, you know, we don't force people. They, 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 those things are only voluntary. If you if you knew the person very well, mm. then uh, you are inclined to help that person. If uh, something happens to them, regardless, you know, yeah. of uh, who, where they come from, whether they are Zambians or not. I understand. I completely understand. But, you know, we're all living paycheck to paycheck. And even if we give, we all want to give. But then at the end of the day, we are emptying out from a cup that's not full. Already. That's true. Yes. So we want to make sure that we take care of ourselves first and then we can help others but in that helping we encourage everybody to please sign up for life insurance dr msanja you've done such an amazing job explaining to us the different ways of how we can sign up and the different policies that we might have out there you're not the of the expert on it because you don't sell it but at least you understand the importance of it and you're an advocate for it Anything else you want to share about life insurance before I go into some of the great feedback you've been getting from the community? Yeah, life insurance, it should be a must. In fact, sometimes I thought that before they give a, a, a visa for anyone traveling, yes. they must make sure that that person has life insurance because we have had a lot of issues. For example, one young lady uh, arrived in Canada and it collapsed at the airport. And then all of a sudden we, we had to do another GoFundMe. Uh, so we let us make sure that uh, we, we... Obviously, you cannot you cannot determine the, your, your, your health at any time. Yeah. But what you can do, uh, something which is in your power, is to make sure that uh, you have uh, savings... That, that is in your control. You have yeah. savings and you also, you must have life insurance anywhere where, where you are. So 
that is the only thing I want to emphasize. Do we have OZA in Zambia? Like, do we have a facility where people can go in and sign up? Or they just have representatives? This OZA is actually an organization here in America. Yeah, but this life insurance that I'm talking about is sold through what is called the Diaspora Funeral Cash Plan. Hmm. Uh, Diaspora Cash Funeral Cash Plan is a package which was developed by Madison Life Insurance. So even the money that I paid today for my own family life insurance, the 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 one not 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 the one from my job, uh, the money will end up in Zambia. So we are doing uh, two jobs. We are killing two beds with one stone. We are protecting ourselves, and then we are also uh, sending money to develop our country. No, that's uh, that's important. I mean, it just sad that we, things happen sometimes all of a sudden somebody passes away and if you're not prepared we prepare for a lot of things but death is not one thing that you can truly truly prepare for but in a way we can try by getting things that are important buying a plot and yeah and it's, it's through uh, programs like what you are doing you don't know what you're doing. You are becoming an advocate yourself for life insurance. And you are going to make our lives better. Oh, you know, thanks. sometimes I, 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 I make a lot of jokes. I say that, well, uh, if when I die, if my wife knows you, she may be able to buy you a ticket to come and attend my, my funeral. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just a, a joke that I'm yeah. saying. That what I'm saying yeah. is that there, there should be money. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. there, should, there should be enough money for you to take care of yourself. Yeah. And for 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 us immigrants, we are trying to survive. You know. So I don't want to. I would like my family if something happens to me to remain in this house and make this house the the first mustard house in America. After all. I was the first uh, immigrant from my family here. Nice, nice. No, uh, we don't want to lose everything that you've worked for. And when we come to, when we go to these countries, we have, we, we start to build family. Like I came, I didn't have no kids. I know nothing. Now I have two children. I, I don't want to leave my kids with nothing. And for yes. a lot of us, uh, even for a lot of people brought their kids when they were younger, so those kids only know of the country they are in, unlike Zambia. So leaving them with nothing and you being the breadwinner, it's just unfair when we can control certain things like having life insurance. Really great stuff, great stuff. A lot of people are saying all amazing things about you. And I wanted to read one of the things that are one of their feedback that you've been able to get. Greetings, Doc. Just wanted to let you know that I'm back from the funeral. Thank you for the role you played in making my situation known to our diaspora family. You are a true headman for whenever you learn of a Zambian in bereavement, your heart goes out to them. 
not because you have a deep pocket, it's because you have a big heart. I can't read the other part. It's in, you know, Bemba and Yanja. I have no idea. So, yeah. <laughs> and they say thank you. So I guess it's another form of thank you, but they say thank you at the end. This is amazing. You've been doing so good for our community. It's not a, a small task for you to go out of your way to actually help out anybody who's going through bereavement. It's a tough time for anybody when you lose your loved ones, especially here with no support sometimes. Like I'm here by myself. My immediate family is back home. God forbid something happens to me. I don't know. My kids are little. They are two and seven. I would love somebody to who's you to be there to support my kids and to see forth like I get buried the right way or if anything. So it's it, it, we appreciate you for being a great support to everyone in the community. Yeah, no, you are not alone. As long as you live in the community, you can do so much. What I do is that I use my, my mouth. I talk to people. Like uh, this gentleman who wrote, he lost his uh, father recently. Mm-hmm. But it was his brother in Zambia, and uh, he needed some help. And all I do is uh, I I call uh, some people and uh, just to tell them, and I, I don't force anyone to make a contribution. Yes. So that you know, I so I don't actually solicit anyone. People pay pay whatever they have. Yeah. I also do my part, and uh, we have a lot of uh, Zambian issues uh, in the community, and uh, sometimes they need uh, some uh, some money. Most of the time, they need some money, but I don't have to have the money in order for me to help somebody. I can just talk about it, you know, and uh, encourage. Yeah, that's the word I use. I use I encourage people to do uh, community service. You know, by helping any anyone, and I don't care where whether the person is the what tribe they are or anything, yeah. or, I, or they are my friend. No, no, no. That one I I bypassed it a long time ago. I went to Hillcrest Secondary School. There, there were so many tribes. So I uh, tribe is nothing to me. I just look at you as a Zambian. If you're a Zambian, you're in trouble. I don't ask questions of how you got into trouble but mm. how you can we can help you sometimes my myself I don't have money but I can, I have a mouth to talk and I can make convince someone to say no is not well can you please help us to buy aspirin for aspirin for her yeah I know that you have a backstory as to why you are an advocate for life insurance. What keeps you going to be kind to others, to show up for others? Uh, I think that is just uh, my upbringing. There's, uh, there's things that you need to have in life. Uh, yes, we may we have these, these titles uh, of doctor. Those are just the academic titles. It is uh, the person in you which actually, who actually speaks how the community, how, how you, 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 you help yourself in the community. You must have some integrity. 
Mm. You must be, I talk always about the transparency and accountability in terms of managing finances. Uh, to tell you the truth, I manage money for Zambians, some, some few Zambians who trust me. <laughs> we have the money in a one account. Mm. And we have three signatories there just to make sure that I don't run away with their money. You know, <laughs> but that group is doing very well and they support a number of causes. And just today, we paid out of the, the arrangements that we, we have, we paid two of them uh, $2,000 each. You know, the money they're just going to go and use for whatever they, they need. So we need to have those organizations in the community. Most Zambians, between if you you have five Zambians, you form a group, uh, let's, let's, let us call it, a, call it a cooperative, and put money together. You will see how much money you end up having in the account. If you obviously, you have to have some regulations and some rules. Yes. There's no, no organization that has no rules. So you have some rules and you, you have something. So so that way you cannot you can never be alone. So that is what keeps me going on. We are able to to assist people. We we do, personally we do it for God. I would like to reserve my place in heaven. One day when I'm my, I'm called to go there, I say, God God is going to ask me, uh, Sanjay, what did you do when he, uh, this person had a problem. I will be able to answer, no, I I did this something. Yeah. You know, that is the, the way I, my brain uh, thinks. I don't do it for any appraisal or anything like that, no. Uh, in fact, I don't have money, but I have money. Yeah. And the thing is, with life and what I've come to learn is, whatever you do for others, it's already coming towards you. It's already done for you. Not, not yes, many done. times when, when I do these things, I actually a lot of uh, I benefit a yes. lot. I get to, new, to know, to, to know, to know I get to know new people. Yes, there's also the joy that comes out of giving or helping. Because I love what I do. Inspiring others gives me so much joy and I, I look forward to learning and inspiring others. This interview today, I was just looking forward to it. That's all I could talk about. I was like, I can't wait to talk yeah, to Dr. Yeah, Sanjay. Because I wanted to be inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. You've been here for quite some time. You've seen a lot. What else can we do for our community? I know you breathe and live Zambian community. So I'll focus on the Zambian community. <laughs> what else can we do in our community aside from life insurance, aside from anything else that's happening, what more can we add? How can people contribute to the community? Yeah, uh, there, there, there are a lot of people who are doing a, a lot. They are in very good positions. One thing that I want to encourage people in our community is to be truthful, to be sincere, and uh, to talk with force on the issues that they believe in. But however, for me, obviously, I came here through education. Uh, education is a very important part of uh, our lives. If you go to school, you are likely to, you know, 
go and get a, a job, you know. We, we all worked in McDonald's, and the, I, I personally, I was actually selling pizza when I was in the graduate school just to, to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we those, those jobs, yes, anybody can do them yeah, if you have two hands. But for you to get a, a, a job that has a lot of benefits, like a 401k, life insurance, and things like that, you must go to school. So let us encourage our children to go to school. On that one, on my personally, that was the, one of the reasons why I stayed. Uh, you see, it's very nice to go to go back to Zambia where everybody will call you a doctor, but no, no, no. Here, uh, I wanted my children to succeed and they, they have done uh, quite well. Uh, my daughter has a master's degree and uh, my son has a BS degree, but they are okay. That Congratulations. Is, uh, That's huge. That, That's that, a that, is, uh, that, that was the only thing. In fact, that was the only reason why I stayed. I could have gone back into Zambia and work in Zambia. Yes, so that is what I can ask for each one of us to do. Let us uh, make sure that uh, our children uh, they get uh, educated. There are some um, children out there, kids, uh, who will be listening to us. Uh, I mean, someone who's 18 and up, looking, maybe aspiring to go into the type of job that you do, which is pharmacokinetic. Okay, <laughs> yes. And uh, what advice would you give the, the young people or even anybody who's older, they want to change their career path and trying, maybe they want to go into your career path? What advice would you give them? First of all, to, to be humble, to, be, to make sure that they, 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 are, they understand that in life, uh, hard work is everything. Nothing comes on a silver plate. Most of the people who are successful have just worked very hard. And uh, I remember my uh, my professor, Dr. Joshi, the uh, the one who passed on a few years ago. You know, he told me that uh, he told me that uh, you have to be the best. Even in the jobs that we we have, if you don't work hard somebody is ready to work hard and take over your job so you you, want, you don't want to lose your job so the young people uh, they have to work very hard and always be on top of their situation well said and not 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 forget to pray to God to thank God for every whatever day or day every day yes. or day I don't think you can survive being outside your own country without believing in something bigger than you and for a yes. lot of us is praying to God every day that's the only way I've been able to survive that's right you are, that's how all of us we have issues all of us have issues on a daily basis yes. and uh, I, I've just been able to share with some of them for example uh, what I shared with you about the young man in India Mm-hmm. You see, yeah, somebody, nobody make, made it to where they are without somebody's help. Of For course. me, it was a, a certainly Dr. Joshi. Uh, the man is deceased now, but his name still comes up all the time of how uh, I live in America. Mm. 
and you, you you may not be able to pay back Dr. Joshi, but you you pay back by helping others. No, for sure, uh, for sure. Whatever you give out to people, whether good or bad, it's already coming to you. So yeah. why not do good? Because we all want to be successful at the end of the day, and we all want to contribute in a way that is positive in somebody's life. I Why just want to to wish my uh, the listeners whoever is listening to this good health and prosperity, success and the pros- prosperity. Yes, for sure, for sure. Last question for you: Do you feel you've been successful since you've been in the U.S.? Like, have you found your success? Have you found your uh, concrete pastures? Well, the answer to that obviously is yes. Is yes, I've really. I've enjoyed my life in America, and uh, I tell this thing to my or my own children: never run a red light. Now, red lights in America can be smoking marijuana. It can be the real, 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 real red light on the street. Yeah, you cannot run it. You have to wait until it finishes. So, and there, oh, for for our sons, you know, you give a pregnancy. All your income will be going for child support and things like that, mm-hmm. you know. So th- those are the things that uh, I have taught my only children. I live very well. I have some health issues, but well, who cares about that? Yeah. Everybody, uh, health is uh, the prerogative of God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, we have. I have a, a community, a very supportive community. But if today I needed to. Get like how much thirty thousand uh, dollars? They'll give it to me because they trust me. That's really good. That, that's really good. Any inspiration that you would like to leave? Because uh, I know you you have your grandkids in the house, and I know you would love to hang with them. Yes. I've kept you long enough here, and I appreciate you for being here. Really. No, no, it has been a wonderful conversation, and uh, we can uh, continue it at another time. Yes, of course. Uh, but uh, we are we, we are in the same boat. Please let us uh, uh, not uh, let us continue to work together. No, of course, and I'll put all your contacts in the show notes. So anybody who has even more questions than what we went over today, they can feel free to reach out to you directly or to me as well, and I will get back to you. Uh, I'll reach out to you directly as well. But thank you so much for being here. And I appreciate you you pouring into the community. You've been amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We just tried to do God's work on earth. You know, God's work, it is done actually by real people like you and me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Dr. Msanje, for sharing your story, your wisdom, your kindness, and for always showing up for us during our hard times. I will say this again, family. Death is part of life. As Dr. Msanje said, the only way to live our planet Earth is by death. Buying life insurance will protect your families. As you have heard, we can all afford some type of life insurance, whether you are legal here or you don't have papers. Let's just put it out there. Please find the term that fits your budget and your family. Remember, we are a community. 
And part of being a community is showing up for each other. And we are each other's keepers. Showing up for each other means doing right by the community. Buying life insurance is doing right by the community. This way we can save all of that money that we put together, you know, doing someone's bereavement. We can put it away for savings for our children, for future, for unexpected events that happen. Just continue to do right for our community. Please, if you have any more questions of anything that we discussed in here, please feel free to reach out to me or Dr. Msanji. I'll put all our contact information in our show notes. I will leave you with an African proverb. Death is like a robe everyone has to wear. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Share it with your family and friends. Tag me on your social media. I have Facebook, I have Instagram, whichever one that you use. I would also love to hear from you. Leave me a review. And if there's a topic you have in mind that you'd love for me to cover, let me know as well. Look out for new episodes every week on Mondays. And I truly appreciate you being part of the community and supporting the community. Until next time, keep dreaming. Concrete pass.